Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 249. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about the good, better, best um, kind of thing we've been running on uh, with regards to weapon-mounted lights. Uh, I think more on the long gun side than the handgun side, but we'll mm-hmm. probably talk on the handgun side as well a little bit. Yeah, I think there's enough carryover between the brands and stuff like that. I mean, it's the same people making short gun versus long gun, you know, handgun yeah. stuff. It's, it's all... The same company's making similar products for different guns and whatnot, and there's a lot of carryover there as far as like output goes, the heads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if you if you caught our last podcast, we talked a little bit about some movement stuff that we did, um, and and that was in a low light environment, um, and that was with the guys running long guns, and so we actually had a couple things that popped up as part of that conversation specifically from that night. So there's there's some recent interesting things and we've spent the last couple months in the dark training as well so we've had some guys that have had you know sometimes it's not necessarily even the quality of the light it's just where it's at on the gun it's how your equipment's set up and stuff like that too so i would i would definitely say as as we go through this and you think well i have xyz light and i'm pretty sure it's a good quality product but it doesn't seem to be working for me is it is it the light output or is it the switchology or is it simply the location and it could be a combination of those things where it's out on the gun might change the output how it works how you get to it etc and you may just need to tweak some of those things and that's definitely a conversation we like to have with people in the store um, you know if you've got a gun you're trying to work through and you're in your basement trying to kill Canadians in the dark and stuff like that and you're not finding it's working for you it may be how it's set up unload it throw it in a case bring it in and let's take a look at it and see if maybe we can't tweak what you have or move it around um, if you come in with an off-brand light you bought on Amazon, expect us to give you a ration of shit about it, especially if you come in after this podcast. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. First thing, uh, when it comes to light output, uh, someone, whoever the light is being shined at should feel like they are being unloaded on with a saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or worse. Yeah, or Honestly, worse. I mean, from a perspective of the, when, when you guys start looking at the specs on lights right now. Um, and, and kind of a brief sideline to that, lumens versus candela versus candle power. Um, I think the candle power and candela are essentially the same measurement. They, it's it's kind of, that's what people used to use to measure this stuff. Um, versus lumens, candela is like where it's like taking an energy, how much light energy, how many photons are going to a certain place is, is what candela is versus a lumen measurement is like a point source measurement the the source of the light the led or the bulb how much is it actually putting out and lumen it's funny because surefire being the leader in the industry off and on for decades went pulled everybody away from candle power or candela to lumens and the irony of that is it's because they had a lumen they had the machine to measure lumens and no one else did i guess it's either complicated or it's expensive or something yeah. But when Surefire went to Lumens, they also went to lights that were significantly brighter and blew everybody out of the water. And the irony of that is that they used better reflector technology than most of what was out there. Your old Kel lights, your old um, mag lights and stuff like that, you could twist the head to adjust whether it was a beam or whether it was a lot of spread or right. whatever. And so, uh, you know, here along comes Surefire and stops talking about Candela and starts talking about Lumens. And lumens must be the better way to measure it because it was a better light. The irony of that is their lights were bright, but their reflectors were outstanding. They went to parabolic reflectors rather than simple spherical type reflectors, and they could put light where they wanted it 
which increased the candela. <laughs> but they didn't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you start looking at lights, you'll see both measurements. Um, you know, I, I would say that both measurements have some importance. Um, both measurements are going to give you an idea of, of what the light's doing. If you're buying tactical lights at this point, um, tactical or defensive firearms lights at this point that aren't 500 lumens or more, um, there's probably a conversation to be had about what you're buying and why. I'd like to hear the rationale for going under that 500 lumen. Yeah, honestly, anything under 500 lumens feels like somebody has an Amish flashlight. Yeah, thing. Amish tactical like lights. Is what we, we, yeah, we call them that uh, for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you're, you know, if you're talking about something under 500 lumens, you're probably putting yourself at a disadvantage um, because without the lumens, without the raw point source output, no matter how good the reflector is, it's just not a ton of light going where you want it to go. And, and so let's talk about the why of wanting a lot of lumens and the why of wanting a lot of candela is to blind people. Yeah, so over the Christmas break, I had an opportunity to kind of play a joke on my nephew. He's five. Um, I actually like sort of bounced him into a wall. Whoops, with light. From about 10 feet away with light. Yeah. Because uh, I popped a Stiletto Pro yep. on high. Yeah. Um, he got all of it and he definitely stumbled backwards into the wall. Yeah. Uh, it was really funny, uh, but that's the it's kind of the whole idea. Especially that's the if physiological it's, reaction. If it's super dark and you put you know five hundred or a thousand or more, yeah, ideally even more, you know, into somebody's eyeballs, uh, they are going to at least be momentarily incapacitated. Yeah, if not longer than that, um, and they're definitely going to be seeing spots and probably turning away and shielding their eyes because it is quite painful um, to get that kind of that amount of light just yeah. blasted into your eyeballs yeah in your brain every bit of your brain and in your neural processing through your optic nerve is screaming at your brain which is screaming at the rest of your body stop letting that do that i'm going to be injured by this or hurt by this or whatever or i'm incapacitated and i can't see what else is going on and we probably take in 60 to 80 percent of our input visually and you can no longer do that so you're you know blinding somebody's a really big deal with one of these tools you even get to a point where with enough lumens and enough candela, enough of it focused in the right place and proper usage, that even in the daylight, it can be pretty incapacitating for somebody, at least the first blast or two. Yeah. So that's why when we talk about some of these lights and you guys hear, you know, my God, when I go to buy a Surefire Scout light, an M6 Scout, the new Pro lights um, that are pushing out that, you know, I don't know, 80, 60, 80, 100,000 candela, um, I'm paying $350 for a light and then to get the switching proper on it, I might be paying another $150. It's a $500 lighting system. The reality check is you're putting $500 lighting system on a $1,000 gun that may not, that may allow you to not have a $50,000 court case because you shot somebody that didn't need shot. Um, it, it is a real conversation. Yes, you can spend less money than that. Um, and yes, there are good alternatives uh, for sure. But it, it's, it's a general rule of thumb at this stage of the game most of the entry-level lighting systems out there are starting around 150 180 and going up from there and, and and when you come in and put them side by side you start to see the why of that if you are a civilian who carries a gun all the time um hopefully you know you've thought forward thinking about what happens if i have to use this for thing from a legal perspective you've contacted your clergy about what happens if i have to use this thing from a moral perspective um, you know, and this, that, and the other, but maybe putting a light on the gun prevents you from having to worry about any of that because you can dissuade somebody 
or incapacitate somebody and simply leave and not have to shoot somebody or ID whether or not that person definitively needs to be shot or not and be able to articulate how you did that in the court later on, which was, I have the brightest freaking light you can put on a damn gun because I don't want to shoot the wrong person, Your Honor. And I used it and that person needed shot. Yeah. So that's kind of what it comes down to. Um, if, if you are a law enforcement officer, this conversation gets a lot bigger a lot quicker. There are a lot of conversations about, um, you know, yeah, don't do a traffic stop and check somebody's ID with your surefire pistol light mounted on your gun. Um, that's a no-no. I think we're all past that at this point. Um, but when it comes to interfacing with persons of interest that you have deemed to be a threat of some sort, and you can articulate the use of force of having your gun out because you went to a man with a gun call, um, having enough light to blind somebody is a huge deal. Uh, again, Brian, you mentioned people physiologically tend to bring their hands up in front of them, in front of their face to protect yeah. themselves. Well, now you can see what's in somebody's hands a lot of the time. Is there a gun? Is there a knife? Is there a weapon? Is there a cell phone? Is there a Twinkie? Um, what's in their hands? If it's a Twinkie, don't worry. They're killing themselves. It's okay. Um, if it's something else, then you may not be able to shoot them. So be aware of that. Um, but that's what it's for. The other thing that we see a lot of, and one of the things that, that like Ian has pointed out a number of times, the more candela you get, the more you can work through photonic barriers. What the hell's a photonic barrier? Chris just got all big word science-y. Uh, photonic barriers are things that light has a hard time going through. They either reflect it, bend it, move it, stop it, absorb it, or something else, right? Yeah. Okay, glass. I didn't realize the differential. We have glass display cabinets in here that you can see through if we open the doors. And one of the things that Ian does is he'll grab a customer and step back with one of our demo guns with a light on it. And he'll say, hey, this is a Surefire Turbo. Look how much more you can see through the glass with the person standing on the other side of it versus the Streamlight TLR1HL. Now, the Surefire is only 650 lumens as a turbo, but it's 60-some thousand candela. The Streamlight is 1,000 lumens, but I don't know what kind of candela it is. Probably, Probably sub-20. Yeah, definitely sub-20. Probably 15,000, 17,000 um, candela. And, and it reflects off the light and reflects back at you as the guy holding the light, and it just doesn't penetrate. So if you're a police officer, you're working around vehicles or working around houses, you need to peek in a window and you need to put some light inside of it, um, the more light, the better. When you start talking about limo-tinted windows on vehicles, it's a huge deal to be able to push 50 to 100,000 candela through a window because you can actually see what's going on inside that car like daylight. Talk to somebody who does vehicle interdiction and who has done the low light training for vehicle interdiction, then they will flat out tell you a bright light makes a massive difference. And that may be a handheld in addition to a weapon light as well. And now we're looking at cloud defense. Now we're looking at Surefire. Now we're looking at Mod yeah. Light. Now we're looking at Streamlight. Now we're looking at those brains and that's the reasoning behind it. Um, the other part of photonic barriers are pushing past other lighting sources. Yes. Uh, and this is where you have you know, say an overhead, you know, light in a parking lot, but you need to see underneath, like beyond, a, like beyond that light, or underneath, like a semi truck, yeah, or something like that. Being able to put light, put a lot of light exactly where you need it, is necessary to actually punch into those shadows, yes, um, or to push beyond, you know, that light that's coming back at you. Yeah, um, this is yeah, this is another place where having lots of lumens and lots of candela together really makes a difference. And, and that, that also plays into similarly, but not exactly the same, incomplete darkness, whether it's twilight 
or whether it's a daylight situation, but you're inside a structure and maybe there are random windows that are punching a whole bunch of light through that are killing your night vision. Yeah. Now you need a lot of light to overcome that and see in those other dark spots, which would be similar to twilight when you're outside and there's still enough light for you to see a lot of places, but not all the places and dark hole, dark hidey holes at twilight often hide things and people are often surprised um, how much things hide in twilight really, yeah. really well. If they know to utilize the principles of, of light for tactical use. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole book out there about that. That's probably another podcast. Um, so, you know, as we get into this stuff, you, you know, we're some of the brands that we're extremely fond of. Um, you know, the good, better, best. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a whole bunch of brands under the bus based on either durability, waterproofness, switchology, and some other different things. Um, there are some lights out there that are ridiculously bright um, and ridiculously small and rechargeable and stupid feature rich. Um, and they don't belong on a gun because they're overly complicated and or if they get wet more than once or twice they're going to corrode internally and you're screwed and everybody says oh but Olight has a great warranty they'll take care of it if your light shits on you in your first gunfight you will not be happy about it if you survive it yeah and that's really what it comes down to uh, we had a police agency in southern Ohio um, 15 10 12 15 units um, the lights were used, the guys were doing traffic uh, in a rainstorm, this, that, and the other. The next time they went to use the light, the light didn't work anymore. Now, did, did Olight warranty it? Sure did. They took care of them, replaced them. Um, now we get into commonality. Okay, so it was really bright. The switching was probably overly complicated, and it would do things like maybe push dim light out there when you didn't want it to. If you didn't have the training down on it dead nuts, but it's so complicated, that's a tough thing to do. And how many of us get enough time to train with a in a low light environment with the tools often enough to figure out what does and doesn't work? Yeah, and then remember it under extreme stress. Exactly. So we get into these situations and that that's nothing to do with compatibility with other systems. So you put a light on a gun, now you need a holster for that light on that gun. And so, you know, you're in a situation where you've got a custom made holster, you've got a light that's that's quirky. How good is that holster actually? How many times have you done defensive tactics work with that holster and wrestled around with somebody? Is a bad guy going to rip that holster right off your hip in the middle of a wrestling match impromptu on the side of a highway? Yeah. Because it was made by Billy Bob somewhere who normally makes a great holster for a civilian to walk around the gun show, but maybe not a great retention holster for a police officer who's staking his life on it. So, you know, all those things start to come into the conversation um, and, and then go downward from there. So that's not to pick on Olight specifically. Um, Olight makes some really brilliant work lights and utility lights, but in general, the switching's overcomplicated. Um, some of their lights, they've gotten a lot better with waterproofness. Um, hopefully, that's their weapon lights because where they started was not a good place. Um, but again, a lot of output, good rechargeability, a lot of convenience, etc. Maybe in some civil, civilian scenario, maybe that's an option. I don't know. Um, for professional and users, I don't think so. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Entry-level lights for us, Streamlight. Uh, Streamlight, yeah. Streamlight is is just box stock. Generally, they work. Uh, you will find um, the switching on Streamlights is a little bit unusual because it's left side, right side switching. It's not it's not uh, ambidextrous. And it that, is that's on the this is on the TLRH TL TLR one HL specifically or any TLR one series light. Yeah. Um, and the switching on it, one side up is momentary, the other side up is constant, the other side down is constant and the other's momentary blah blah you just got to learn that it's not it's good bad or indifferent you just got to learn what it is it's doing on your gun 
and how to operate that. Um, the one thing we have seen with, with Streamlight is, is some, the switches can be fragile um, still uh, to this day. So uh, we used to really rag on Streamlight stuff pretty hard and probably about, about the time we opened, about eight years ago, Streamlight went to metal body lights instead of plastic body lights um, and did some serious updates to light output and some things of that nature. And so we do sell them, we do recommend them. Um, about, I'm gonna say two thirds to three quarters of all law enforcement officers that have a light on their gun have a Streamlight. Uh, I, I personally think that's because of cost, yeah. because a Surefire product generally costs 50% more or more than that even to go to a Surefire X300 uh, you or or even better a turbo um, and and the, but the differential in light output um, the surefire burns through photonic barriers better it's putting out even just a standard surefire x300u is putting out better candela um, and a better beam it's better focused we're back to their reflectors being really good quality products and well engineered they punch through things better and then when you go to turbo, it's a whole nother level beyond that. The new turbos are amazing. A lot, 60-some thousand, again, Candela, even though it's only 650 lumens, yeah. they do amazing things. The switchology is truly ambidextrous. Um, it has a momentary switch that's very easy to use on either side. You simply tap it from the rear and apply pressure, and as soon as you let up, it's off. And then flipping it on, you can flip the toggle up or down um, either way, and it's a great way to go. And it actually translates over to long guns really well uh, as well, if you want to run it on something where maybe you don't need a ton of reach, something that's maybe designed for you know personal defense type use inside the home or at short range. Yeah, yeah, you can do some crazy stuff with a Surefire. You can do some work. Yeah, running the the Surefire X three hundred series lights at twelve o'clock on an AR pattern rifle works really, really well. Yep, I'm a believer, um, and I would love to say that was my idea, but that was a something I saw Kyle Lamb of Viking Tactics do. Uh, years and years and years ago, he had a 16-inch gun set up with the light top dead center, and I kind of looked at it and said, "That's a pistol light on a rifle, and it's upside down." And he kind of chuckled and took pity on the fat, bald, stupid kid, and said, "Hey, um, yeah, but if you look at this, it's it's right off my front sight. I can use my fixed front sight on my rail as a reference point tactilely, and then I can just touch the light from the rear. It's a great momentary setup, and I can flip it on, leave it on, and if I go off shoulder to the other side." the weak side, I can run it the exact same way, and it gives me as much light output as pretty much anything else out there on the market, so why not? And I'm like, shit, that's why this guy shoots people in the face for a living, and I work at a shooting range shagging brass. Hmm. Huh. Intellect. Bastards. Anyway, so the world's not a fair place, is it? So anyway, that that is a great option, right? And you can do that with a TLR1HL, and there are some other lights you can do that with. Um, when you start getting into seri into, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's not a serious rifle light. That's a great home defense yeah. tool. Um, when you start getting out beyond a, a Surefire X300 U-boat on a rifle, will give you 80 to 100 yards of hey, that's a person walking out there, not a cow or a coyote or whatever. Um, it will let you see what's in somebody's hands out maybe 40 yards if your eyesight's good enough. Um, yeah, turbo is probably going to add 20 to 30 yards to those yeah, numbers. Yeah, maybe, you know, 120, 130 tops, seeing some, maybe maybe 150 for somebody moving around. What's in their hands, you now you need magnification to see what's in their hands anyway. Yeah. But still maybe 70 yards. It's a big deal if you're a police officer. The more you can see, the better, right, kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, and if you're a civilian who maybe you live in a rural area and your fight may need to go outside, you know you're going to want more at that point i want a legitimate rifle light not a pistol light pushed onto a rifle if that makes sense yeah what's that going to be what are our options there 
there. Um, today, I mean, on the kind of the straddling the good better mm-hmm. thing is probably the Streamlight, the TL or whatever or Protac something. Yeah, there's whatever a, there's their, a their new weapon 2000, Yeah, there's a new two thousand living Protac. It's big. It's really heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it straddles the good better barely maybe. Yeah, and uh, and we're in in it, so I'm we'll going to throw out that we're biased because the pro the thousand lumen protax a few years back had a lot of switch problems. Um, the new two the, they fixed all that. The Streamlights fixed all that. They're durable. Um, they they are truly tankish in nature. They're ginormous lights. Um, but the new ones I think are actually up to like a two thousand lumen light. I don't know what the Candela looks like. Um, it is ginormous. Uh, but it's a durable big tank of an optic that the price is right. You're talking about a sub $200 light you can mount on a rail or on an M-lock chunk, a chunk of rail on M-lock somewhere on the side of the gun. Give yourself a ton of hard, hardwired internally switched light that's going to be durable and do what you need it to do. Um, I still don't think you're going to see significantly more reach even with a 2000 lumen streamlight than you are with a, TL, with a Surefire X300 Turbo. Yeah. Right, you just you're just not getting that much more out of it, but you're but the price is right, the durability's there, etc. Because it is a sub two hundred dollar light, yeah. um, so that's an option. And and that's you know again good, better, best, good. I'll let somebody else sell good. That's the beginning of better. That's yeah. the entry level beginning of better. Um, going maybe a step up from that. Um, I, I if you if if you're buying new Surefire Turbo Scout lights. I'm gonna say they're solidly in the better heading toward best category. Yeah, probably, probably an overlapping like that line. Yeah, because you're talking about some lights where there are some competitors pushing out more Candela. There are some competitors pushing out some more feature-rich lights from a perspective of coming with rechargeable batteries, rechargers, and stuff like that are in the package, and they're doing it for a hundred dollars less than what the Surefire package costs. Um, so the Surefire is that like is right now is currently that middle ground. Even though they're the name we all recognize as the industry leader, they kind of got left behind by companies like Cloud Defensive and companies like Modlite. Uh, they are catching back up with the Turbo series as far as output goes, but the price differential is still very hard to swallow. When you start looking at the uh, a Surefire Scout lights, a three hundred sixty dollar light. You've got to buy a hundred and thirty to two hundred dollar switch to make it work the way you want to make it work. And depending on what kind of backups you what what kind of redundancies you want on the light itself. And then beyond that, if you want rechargeable batteries and stuff like that, you're spending another 30, 40, 50 bucks to get the batteries, the chargers, and stuff like that. So now we're chasing down, you know, potentially a five hundred to six hundred dollar light system where the the lights from Cloud Defensive come with a charger, the battery. The new ones will run on CR123s. The Gen 3 lights will run yep. on CR123s. They are dual fuels. Um, and the output is not getting crushed when you go to dual fuel. Whereas with Surefire, when you go to a CR123, rather than a rechargeable, your output drops by half or very nearly yep. half, which is a huge deal again, because you're not getting the performance you're reading on the box. Um, and that performance is what you're paying for anyway. So why not go to cloud and get it? Um, and, and so when you start looking at some of these, you know, they're, they're the cloud for us, I'm going to say the cloud's the best on the market right now that I'm aware of, you know, unless there's something just crazy, spooky, dev group, CAG, SIF kind of stuff I don't know about. Stuff that we don't know about yet. Yeah. 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 The cloud, the REIN Gen 3s um, really are, I'd say the best light output 
um, as far as what your eye can see. Yeah. Um, they're punching out a ton of candelas, you know, over a hundred thousand candelas. Yeah. Um, fifteen hundred ish lumens, something like that. Yeah. Um, the switches have gotten have improved. Um, it does come with the remote switch, so you get a momentary button and yeah. then a constant button. Um, the constant button has a momentary disable, which is pretty cool once you figure it out. Yep. And then you still get the the clicky um, constant and momentary tail cap on the light. Which is your backup. Which is the, or it could be the primary, depending on the weapon system. Exactly. Um, yeah. But if you got a really thick rail system for, say, like a piston-driven AR gun mm-hmm. or AR-style gun or like the CZ Scorpion, I think the, the button on the back of the light is actually the primary. Yeah. Depending on where the light's at. Uh, the one thing that clouds don't give you is the ability to run any of, say, like the Unity switches. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're starting to integrate, you know, one switch into it needs to drive the light and it needs to drive a laser and do something else. Yeah. That's kind of where Surefire, um, the modularity of the Surefire system, it still owns that super operator and user market uh, yeah. just because of the modularity of the system. Yeah, and I will also, even though we don't carry the brand, I'll throw a nod out to ModLite because that is one of the things with ModLite too is they're super interchangeable with Surefire products from a switching perspective and stuff like that. Um, that is one place where ModLite is interesting because they're generally a little less money uh, but with the same modularity as Surefire. Um, the ModLite stuff, we actually just ran into uh, one of our guys using the ModLite product and kind of fighting a little bit with the tail cap switchology um, and again, I don't know how old this system was. I don't know enough about ModLite to know if this was something that was a legacy item and now it's better yeah. or not. Also, his first time running that and, system and, in the dark. And first time running the reels. system. In the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and, and he was able to make it work. So, I mean, it, it was functional for sure, but it was definitely interesting. A little bit of struggle and a little bit of complaint, you know, from him saying, hey, you know, this, this switch is a little bit twitchy. I'd like it if the momentary, if it took a little more to push through to the constant on, so I could be and on I think and it off. Was a little small too. Yeah, and the, yeah, the switch is definitely a tiny little switch comparatively um, when you put it next to the Surefire stuff or the the cloud defensive stuff. And again, that's not to rag on anybody. That's just to point out the differences between them. Um, you know, and so there are there are some amazing options out there. And again, we're back to just real quick as a note. Well, how far can I see with this? How far do you need to see with it? Realistically, what do you need to be able to see? When you start talking about in a combative environment, in an actual combat environment, if you start flicking on a white light to try and shoot at a bad guy 400 meters away, you just gave the mortarman something to lock onto and start lobbing crap at you. Don't do it. It's just that simple. Now, having said that, the Surefire Scout lights and 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 definitively the Cloud Defensive lights, whether it's a whether it's a Legacy Owl or whether it's a new Gen 3. Um, if you've got enough glass on your gun, you can read a freaking newspaper at 300 yards. Yeah. It's that kind of light output. It is that kind of definitively you can see a target, determine if they're a threat, if your eyes will do it or your magnification will do it. The lumens, the photons that's pushing down range are getting there to do that with it. So, and coming back to you so you can use them. Exactly. So it's pretty impressive what it's doing and what kind of distances. We're start, we are legitimately talking quarter mile lights at this point yeah. on a lot of the new stuff. Um, again, do you need it? Nope. What I need to do is sear retinas and sear optic nerves and overload that stuff. And that, that just happens to be, it also does that too. 
Yeah, the other big advantage to things like the cloud, the REIN mm-hmm. lights, when you're inside a structure, inside a room, mm-hmm. uh, we'll say like in a house, when you turn that light on, it's like somebody turned the overhead lights on. Yeah, yeah. Or all of the room lights, like you get that kind of light up. Yeah. Uh, coming off the end of your gun. Yeah, and when and when people talk about that being too much light, that's a training issue. Um, learn how to use your weapon appropriately if you're going through a building. Um, there's a reality check that if you're a civilian or a cop, you may not want to clear a structure with your muzzle level pointing at everybody and everything you walk into every room with. You might want to go to like a, a more port-ish or, or a, a hunt-ish mentality where the muzzle is pointed up a little bit and that light, that same light reflects off a ceiling. Uh, most residential and commercial ceilings are light or white colored and it will fill a room with light uh, simply by blasting that light off the ceiling unidirectionally not giving you a hot spot to look into a corner it'll flood a room so you know yeah. some of that when you start talking about you know using some of these lights indoors well it's too much light um, and i'm going to catch flack for this because there's a couple dudes i know that are leo guys that have a ton of experience probably way more experience than me in searching structures um i'm not willing to say more experience than me shooting in a low light environment because i've got lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of hours doing low light stuff um, over the last 20 years um, I, 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 my experience tells me that if I use the weapon and the light and it's oriented properly, I can make things work really, really well. And the time deficit, the additional time to get on target from, uh, uh, an elevated port position, uh, versus from gun level is, is negligible. And it's probably the same amount of time I need to process whether or not I'm allowed to shoot whatever it is I just lit up. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't see enough of a differential there to matter to me on the clock actually having done it so yeah okay. yeah um, guys the, if you haven't looked at lights for weapons I'm gonna say in the in the last 12 months to two years um, it's probably time to update some lighting systems because there's some absolutely amazing stuff out there um, if, if for you, sure if you haven't in the last if you, like, haven't, if since you COVID, haven't since before COVID definitely um, there's been some significantly generational changes in lighting stuff yes d- definitively um, yeah, and it, like I said, and if you haven't looked at it in the last two years, you probably still, if you're a professional end user, you carry a gun with a light on it every day. If it's been more than two years, you probably want to at least do a little bit of investigation to make sure you're still where you want to be. But if you're a professional end user, I would say for sure you should be investigating some of the new things out there. The guys that we know that are locally in the law enforcement world kind of on the pointy end of things, um, the jump out boys and the guys doing real work, they have gone to cloud products, they've upgraded to the new Surefire Turbo products, um, and they've got nothing but positive things to say about the additional capability, even at that price point. Yeah. Yeah, and these guys are buying them on their own. Um, they're, they're literally the dudes with large agencies that have lots of money, they're still buying these lighting systems with their own money out of they're getting their own wallet out and paying for this stuff because it's that much better. When they see their buddies running it in training and out in the world and go, oh, holy crap, what's that? That tells me something. Yeah. Yep, so yeah, so like I said, it's, it's a brave new world when you're looking at long pistol lights too, but long gun lights especially. Yep. There's a lot of neat stuff out there. So. Yeah, uh, on that note, as we come across interesting things, um, we do try to get them posted up to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we are Cap City Outfitters 2. Uh, on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter that comes out once a week 
or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com and we will add you to the newsletter list. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's and directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Um, we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and then Saturdays, 10 to 3. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys.